All right. We're here. Did we do it? We did it. Yeah. Oh my god. Everyone taking bets on whether or not it's a John Knight or not. <laughs> <laughs> no, we're just running a little behind schedule. But welcome to Talking Heads, everyone. Episode 273, your once weekly live show for the latest in beer and tech news. I'm Jeff. I'm Rhett. Welcome to the show, everyone. Thank you all so much for joining us on this Wednesday night or in podcast form over on Anchor.fm or wherever your favorite podcasts are found. If you've never seen the show before, we talk beer, we talk tech, we talk games, pop culture, entertainment, usually some Star Trek. All Super Chats are read on the air so long as they will not permanently demonetize the channel. We do drink alcohol on the show, and if you're drinking along with us, alcoholic or not, let us know in the chat and we'll give some early show shoutouts as we go along. Last but not least, if you'd like to take part in the super secret chat and the even more super secret after party, think about joining the Patreon. Link is down in the video description. As a bonus, you'll get exclusive access to my Discord server, where you can chat with myself, John, Rhett, Steve, all the hosts from Talking Heads, and join the awesome community that hangs out over there. Couldn't have said it better myself, Jeff. And uh, I have tried, so... <laughs> One day I'll dethrone you. Repetition, <laughs> repetition, repetition. That's what uh, that's what Adam Neely says. Repetition legitimizes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Practice little bits at a time until you're perfect. Eventually I'll figure out how to be a YouTuber. But uh, at this point, at least I have the podcast intro down. <laughs> yeah. Welcome to the show, everyone. Ah, uh, I am tired. It is flipping cold outside. Uh, I need a good winter warmer ale, but unfortunately I I drank all those already. Uh, let's see, I do have what is predicted to be tonight, uh, the Neon Snowpocalypse from uh, <laughs> nice. Rogue Ales and Spirits. Uh, this is an Imperial IPA, 8.2%, so just barely Imperial. Uh, and then uh, something a little secret for later on depending on what oh. Rhett brings out. So, well, I, um, I think I might've talked, did I talk about this on the show last time I was on two weeks ago? Um, I, I don't know if you said anything on the show. Um, I, I think you and I talked about it yeah. during the week. Um, yeah. but are you going to go for it? I'm going to go for it and I might <laughs> not finish it because I, the reviews on untapped are not favorable. <laughs> Excellent. Um, but uh, in my D&D &D group, one of our players started giving out prizes for the first crit success and the first crit failure of the night. And uh, this was for the first crit success of the night. It is called the effing awesome Imperial Lager. Uh, it's 16%. And uh, we'll see how it goes. You see you got a, a, a lady there. Oh, man, we're probably going to demonetize for that. Who knows? But. <laughs> Uh, you got a lady there smoking a big old stogie yep. wearing a domino mask, I guess. And, uh, yeah, never had an Imperial lager before, but yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. For, for those wondering, you heard that right. Gigantic 16% label. 16% lager. And, uh, it's, uh, Hey, you know, we got friends in Lithuania. Apparently this is brewed and bottled in Lithuania. So which is even more awesome because I'm now looking <laughs> that much more forward to my second bottle for the night. <laughs> yeah, we'll see if I even get through this one. Um, 
because I haven't had a beer like this in a long time. But I also, Excuse the me. untapped oh. reviews say that it is quite possibly the worst beer of all time. So, ah, <laughs> uh, gonna be a good one. <laughs> it's gonna be a good one. Ah, uh, so yeah. Uh, let's see. I think I'm gonna crack open my IPA while I'm doing that. Let's see about checking out a couple of the beers over in the chats. Uh, Michael's got a Sierra Nevada Powder Day IPA, double dry hopped, 7.7%. It sounds like a great beer for a day like today. Uh, let's see. Reverend's got a Pseudo Sue. Oh man, my bottle opener is far away. Unless it's a twist off. Nope, it's not. <laughs> And Rev says he's uh, had kind of a rough day. Uh, I I completely empathize with you there. Uh, I've been having some serious back pain since f Saturday, maybe Friday evening. Uh, and uh, yeah, Sunday I could barely walk. Like going downstairs was not an option. So uh, I'm doing much better today. Uh, pain levels down to at least a tolerable level. <laughs> so... Yeah, get better, buddy. Uh, let's see. Skull, having a 1792 Manhattan myself. Dipping into Mixology March early. My man, I, I love me a 1792 bourbon. Uh, it I, I think it's a vastly underrated bourbon when people talk about, you know, that, that $30 to $35 range. Um, excellent, excellent bottle. And uh, what do you got for a vermouth? Uh, you go in like Ubercraft, Uber, Uber Posh. You got, you know, you got a Rossi, you got a Martins. What do you, what do you got? Uh, yeah, let's see. We got a couple super chats rolling in. Oh, wait, sorry. Missed Novella Hub. Oh, uh, Novella's drinking a Proclamation Ale Company, Pieces of Pieces, uh, Imperial Stout with chocolate, peanut butter, and lactose, nine and a half percent, 3.8 on uh 3.8 on untapped and uh shout out to john j let's see uh we do have a couple super chats to start us off starting with fred uh sends us over 14 canadian ruples thank you very much uh recently found your channel and i love your server content been building my home lab too with three r620s gotta love those uh have a great one while i accompany the snow with an old style pilsner Excellent. Yeah. Uh, and I think he said, uh, yeah, you're up in Montreal. So yeah, 16 C, uh, negative 16 C <laughs> up there. Uh, we're due for our first good winter blast here tonight. Like we've, we've been down into, uh, the, the high teens this year, but no precipitation to go along with it. Uh, tonight we're getting, all the precipitation. So we're, we're expecting to get somewhere between three and four inches of snow in my area uh, overnight, low of right around 18 degrees or something like that. I think that's that's right around negative 10, uh, I believe, in Celsius. So we'll we'll be close to you <laughs> this evening. And Skull's got a Martins. Very nice. Nothing wrong with that. That is an interesting looking lager. The color makes my mouth water like in person the yeah. my lighting unfortunately is not doing it justice like it looks like a real dark hazy ipa uh -huh. um 
it doesn't quite have the head of that you know kind of that rich golden color yeah yeah exactly and it's it's you know at least where i'm looking at it it's it's like yeah that rich golden almost like a tinge of like red in there yeah um yeah now it smells bad meanwhile i i think we might have gotten our beers reversed because this is my imperial (laughs) ipa yeah i can still see through that (laughs) a little nervous well now that i'm working into it like i thought it smelled bad at first it doesn't quite smell bad yeah let's go for it Um, okay. <laughs> First off, let's let's ease into this. Does it taste like a beer? Like Yeah. Okay. Does it taste like a lager? It's a really really like rich lager. Uh-huh. Like um well I would expect with that much barley and and mash to get it going to 16%. <laughs> well, you know what the flavor is like and I've talked about this before and I don't know if I don't know how much red can you've ever drank. Not a ton. Um, uh, I I know I've had red can with you once, and I I might have had a couple other Mexican lagers here and there. Um, well, red can, red can actually, it's the uh, uh, we might be getting our wires crossed because it's the uh, Ninkasi, like oh, it's like their version of pub beer. Right. Right. Okay. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry, I was so, thinking red beer, like the. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's right. We did do those. Yeah. Ones. Yeah. Okay. Um. <laughs> yeah. So. If you've drank the pub beer, uh-huh. it's it's pretty typical drinkable, you know, session lager type beer. Yeah. Um, the red can is Ninkasi's attempt at doing that. But what sets the red can apart from the pub beer is how bready it tastes. It tastes really grainy. And mm-hmm. it, it's not bad, but it tastes like a very rich grain forward beer. Yeah. That This is overwhelmingly, it's like twice the strength of that flavor. Wow. Just right up the right up front. And uh yeah, it's going down, it's good. Right on front, it's a literal little overwhelming. <laughs> it's it's not typical in my experience to have a beer where the aftertaste is better than the like foretaste. <laughs> but uh you know there was that uh the Scottish Belthier, the uh the 75% yes. beer that we drank. Um, <laughs> yeah. I still laugh at that video because all of you were like, oh my God, it burns. And I'm like, nice little rich butterscotch. There's... <laughs> but yeah, no, that was a beer that, that the aftertaste was very enjoyable where the body of the beer was not. <laughs> yeah. So far, I got I got to say, uh, I'm surprised based off what I read on Untapped. Um, I was expecting something way, way worse. And I can't imagine that this is an expensive beer. Uh, I didn't look it up, but given that my homies just handing it out for people rolling dice at our game, I can't imagine. The other prize was an MD 2020. So I've got to imagine that this was around the same cost as a bottle of MD 2020. Wow. <laughs> and maybe even near the MD 2020 at the at the store. Uh, yeah. So be what about 350? Right? That's exactly what I'm thinking, right? It can't be more than five dollars. <laughs> All right. I, yeah, MD 2020, even from 
like your corner markets, your 7-Elevens, your capital markets, or whatever else, um, those are usually like, like $4.20, $5.00—somewhere right in that range. You go to the grocery store, you can get them a little cheaper. Oh, yeah. Um, go to Winko, man. They got those bad boys on sale, locked and loaded. <laughs> <laughs> Every flavor you want. Two Some flavors bombers, you haven't had yeah. yet. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Interesting. Um, um, anyway, yeah, we'll just see how it how it opens up. Honestly, I'm I'm not unimpressed. I was expecting the worst. This is tolerable so far. Yeah. Um, this is just delightful. Uh, so classic rogue Imperial IPA, um, rogue with a lot of their stuff, not speaking of their, their hopped series. So, uh, for those who don't know rogue beers a lot, um, they've got their standard, they've got their, their dead guy ale. They've got, uh, um, a couple of other small IPAs and things like that. Uh, they have their hop series, which is their six hop, seven hop, 10 hop, 12 hop. Um, and those are the number of hop varieties that go into those beers. Obviously, those are very hop-forward beers. But Rogue in general, in most of their IPAs, tend to be a little bit more malt-forward. And that's definitely the case with this one. Um, and actually, I said at the beginning of the show, I feel like I need a, like a winter warmer ale. Like, I, I want to... I want that nice yeah. sit by the fire, relaxing like brown ale or red ale, Irish red, something like that. Right. This is actually hitting that spot just right. Um, it's still hoppy. Like it, there, there's still a lot of hops there. I uh, probably some Willamette and some Chinook hops is kind of what I'm I'm going with here because uh, I don't think it says on here. Uh, but. Uh, very malt forward, very, very chewy, but in kind of a, in kind of an Irish red kind of way. Um, right. It, it feels like a beer I can sit down next to the fire with, <laughs> where no, normally I would not say that about IPAs. So, yeah, well, see what happens. This is scratching that itch tonight. All right, so let's go ahead and get into the news. Uh, starting with, we're we're not gonna leave you guys hanging. We're gonna go straight into the title story, and that is, uh, "Sci-Fi Becomes Real" is the the headlines that are going around. Uh, more on that in a second. But uh, uh, Clark's World has shut down submissions for short stories temporarily, which is a very big move if you are in that space, uh, because they have been inundated on like a DDoS-type level with AI submissions for short stories. Uh, Rhett, I know you follow this one a lot more closely than I do, although I am yeah. familiar with with Clark's world. And I am familiar with a lot of the short stories that, that are submitted there. Um, yeah, but, uh, yeah, this is kind of for, for me taking the stance a couple of weeks ago that AI isn't coming from your, for your job and, and maybe <laughs> you should, you know, embrace it as a tool and, and work forward. And I said, I've said the same thing about programmers in the past, all of a sudden here we are seeing, some short story writers are trying to be pushed aside by AI. Yeah. And really, you know, 
I, I did a lot of reflection, like, because when we were doing those AI videos, you know, I, I, I was kind of sad. And I think it's really, again, it's it's not because I feel like, I don't, I don't know how to narrow it down, but this this story really sums up what had me nervous, right? Like capitalism, this idea of hustle and grind, mm-hmm. you know, the hustle and grind bros, rise and grind, like they're out here just trying to figure out how to make a, a, a few quick bucks all the time. And like, we saw it with NFTs right away early on, you know, it's like the people that are probably, you know, scripting bots to inundate Clark, uh, you know, Clark's world um, slush pile with these stories are probably the same ones that, made the crappiest nft you know yeah twitter avatars they could and tried to sell them for or like remember the whole what was it I was it with dune or something i don't know i, I remember there was like this big nft there scam have been with, so many different nft you know activision claiming nfts are the or no ubisoft was uh, claiming yeah. uh, nfts are the future of gaming and right. yeah see how all that worked out well, and the reason the reason it's a big deal with Clark's World is because, like, you know, I, I announced it last time I was on the show uh, two Wednesdays ago that, like, hey, I just published another story, and mm-hmm. it was a story that I got paid for, but you know, it's it's hobbyist rates, right? Like, I got paid like uh, a penny per word is what I made writing that story and selling it to this magazine. Yeah, and Clark's World is renowned because they pay pretty decently, and I think their rates begin at twelve cents a word. Yeah which is like, you know, that's like early in your career rates that people should be striving for. Right. And I think they I think they go up higher. But what sets them apart is number one, they pay fairly decent and their their submission window is always open. A lot of magazines you'll see if you want to be a creative writer and write fiction and and be published in speculative magazines and things like this, like their windows open and close very, very quickly. And if you don't have something ready to go, sometimes it can be really hard to get into that space. And Clark's world is always open. And they are so progressive in the way they don't require you to send in paper manuscripts of your stuff. (laughs) They don't require submission fees. Like so many places like, yeah, we need a $10 submission fee so that we can have our editors and our slush readers read through all their work and and all this sort of stuff. Like it, it is as equitable as humanly possible at Clark's world and they pay you know yeah and this is just like a really kind of i don't know it's a gross distortion of like this good faith thing that they're doing over there and they had no choice but to close their submissions while they figure out a way to weed these out right and of course everybody has their own idea well, why don't you just they have tools to identify it and they're like yeah but the tools aren't that reliable right well then how do you even know it's ai how do i even know it's ai because it reads like it's coming straight from chat gpt right. it's not that hard i've been doing this for a long time uh you know what what yeah. was the website that is uh basically using a lot of chat gpt and similar technologies to write their articles now buzzfeed uh, buzzfeed thank you buzzfeed um, was like they, they found like 50 articles at the time right you know it was like oh my god right um and actually uh that kind of segues into um i don't know if you saw ian cutris did a take on um, on AI and journalism and things like that, uh, right. kind of related to this. In fact, let me see if I can look up that uh, Twitter thread. Um, because someone was really offended that uh, a journalistic website basically used AI to reword a press release 
uh, on an embargo date. And uh, Ian kind of defended it. I, I don't want to put words in his mouth, so let me... <laughs> Let me look this up real quick. I will. Yeah. He said that Rhett is the best. He's a genius. Yeah. Far smarter than Jeff. Which is true. So, you know. I mean, right. You can't hit you can't hit him with uh with li- uh libel. 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 <laughs> uh gosh. And and here I am scrolling in real time over his last Anyway, to summarize, he said uh, that it all has to do with SEO because you get negatively impacted as a website for simply reposting word for word a... Oh, right. Yeah, I did see that. Um, Whereas if you can provide a synopsis of a press release and and provide additional content or pictures or things like that, your SEO will improve. And so uh, outlets that are simply taking a press release copying and pasting into their format and then pu- hitting publish, they're not getting clicks because, well, I'm just going to go to the manufacturer OEM's website to read the yeah. press release so I can right. see he their said, letterhead and their things like that. Right. He said that Google and all the search engines, they they disincentivize mm-hmm. that by lowering your ranking. Right. And so, yeah, exactly. If you, It's not even that they're going to go they're making a conscious decision to go to the OEM's website. They're just going to be directed to the OEM's website, you right. know, if everybody's copying it. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I can't find his, his Twitter thread at the moment. But yeah, it was it was something very similar to that. Um, and like it or not, that's going to become a pretty regular practice. Uh, in in fact, I've I've had a number of websites that I've been very suspect of using similar styles for quite a while, uh, for basically just rehashing tutorials or or forum posts or things like that. Um, so, but get getting to the heart of of this with Clark's World with AI generated content for short story submissions, uh, you know, long form story still going to be difficult uh but short short story single character single event you know or even two or three character you know short stories um i kind of disagree that this is where sci-fi becomes real and the machines are are creating all of our art for us I, i was blown away by a lot of the um sort of discourse that i was seeing because a lot of people are like well, what's the big deal? Like th- this is science fiction. Oh my God, somebody somebody could make this a story, or somebody could take the things that they're doing, or blah 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 blah. And it's like, I don't know. You had uh, you see so many like, you know, established writers being like, what makes sci-fi so popular is that they are stories about human beings experiencing human things right. with cool science and technology in the background. Not that they're not stories about cool technology. They're stories about people. They're stories right. about all this. Like. And a lot of these guys just didn't get it. They're like, this is an opportunity. You know, maybe you could create a whole outlet of your magazine that's just AI generated stories. And it's mm-hmm. like, well, I don't know. It was just, it's bizarre. But I feel like that, 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 that type of rationale and why it was so popular is exactly why, you know, I'm not knocking on Marvel movies because I, I've seen them all and I love them. But it's like exactly why Marvel movies are what they're making right now and not. Right. The old fashioned, like not not the mid budget uh, summer movie. Yeah, like you know what I was thinking, man. 
Why doesn't no, anyone make original stories anymore? And why doesn't anyone deviate from the standard plot lines and, and the, right. the seven modes of, of man versus whatever and, they, <laughs> and things like that? And it's like, I, because you people all keep buying the tickets. Right. Like, dude, I, I, I told you a couple months ago when I was sick, I went back and watched Collateral, which is a movie that we both like. Love that Tom movie. Cruise and Jamie Foxx. Ah. Why aren't they making movies like that anymore? You know what I mean? Like, mm -hmm. And it's like you might see those movies on Netflix or Hulu. Yeah, maybe. But they're trying to spend even less money than that. That was an expensive movie. That was. Um, but that doesn't have like the tentpole draw that the Avengers has mm -hmm. or that. Um, I don't know. What other things are they putting in theaters these days? I feel like that's it. I guess. <laughs> yeah. Um, but well, you know what I mean? Like that level of. Well, let's let's even steer this conversation towards a little Star Trek for, for two minutes. Uh, I, I know I'm bringing it up at the 30 minute mark, but we'll move on, I promise. Uh, uh, Star Trek Picard, where yeah. for two seasons they tried to tell an original story and, and came up with vastly different plot lines than we've seen in Star Trek before. Right. Um, uh, humanized a couple of demonized villains uh first in the borg and then secondly with q right um if if you haven't seen it that's kind of the overarching plot of seasons one and two and weren't really getting the the reception that they wanted and so what do they do for season three let's get the old crew back together one last yeah. ride and right and and, and it's all rehashes all the way down. And, and some people are thrilled. And and obviously the characters are going to be a little different and, and whatnot. But I feel this is going to be... And I say this after loving the first episode of, of Picard, uh, of season three. Um, 20 years on, the characters are not the same. But the problem is the characters are not the same. And... It, they're they're introducing all these new weird character quirks and Picard's like turned over a new leaf and and he's fallen in love with a Romulan and and uh, she, she's like oh you know don't be so sentimental and he's like no or she, she's like no 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 you you be sentimental it's okay and Picard's like no 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 I'm just gonna get rid of this old Enterprise painting that hang hung in my favorite ship for you know seven years and and whatnot and it's like. No, that's not Picard. <laughs> like, that's not what Picard would do. It's frustrating because it's fan service, but they also have to try to tell a new story, but they can't just ignore... They, You would literally have better success if you just resurrected Next Generation and made everything the exact same. What's James McAvoy doing, doing, doing these days? I'm sure he'd be up for another Patrick Stewart role. Dude, that's a great like, idea, though. But see, that's just do next generation, the next generation, mm -hmm. and and just rehash it exactly as is. There's more adventures to be had. There's always more adventures. Uh, this this is my big deal, though. It's like, yeah, you get the Avengers, but then it's also just everything is constant reboots, rehashes, retellings yep. of stuff. There's no, like, dude, you know, that, that's why Collateral is kind of the perfect example of what I'm talking about, because what is Collateral based on? It's Nothing. literally like the writers the writer took a taxi ride in la and was like wow this la at night in a taxi is a whole other world man yeah. and he wrote a movie based on that feeling yeah <laughs> you know and like ba basically he introduced three characters 
This is a three character short story. Uh, yes, there's ancillary plot points yeah, yeah, and incidental yeah. characters, but this is a man who gets caught up into a situation with a man that he picks up in a cab. And then this lawyer is the target of the man that he picks up. Oh yeah, and, the lawyer. Right. Yeah. And so it, this is a three character short story. That's all this is. And they turned it into a two hour plus movie and it's freaking dynamite. Um, yeah. But uh, yeah, you don't see yeah. a lot of risks it's, and it's on because, original content right. anymore. There's no money in risks anymore. Right. You know what I mean? Like there's just not there. And honestly, Bethesda could just keep re-releasing Skyrim and never have to risk their reputation on a new Elder Scrolls ever again. And that sucks because when I finally release my Morrowind video, you're going to see that like their whole reputation is made on taking risks. You know, mm -hmm. it's like, uh, like everything about that game was pretty risky compared to what they were doing and what they later did. Right. And, uh, you know, you get so big, you get to the point where all of these companies control all of the companies underneath them. And why rock the boat, man? You're supposed to provide the highest uh, amount of profit and revenue for your shareholders. And well, this has worked for 10 years now. I mean, yeah. look at the amount of advancement. Like I'm moving away from movies, I guess, but like look at the amount of advancement in games in just like a short amount of time. Like, like look at it between you know, 90 and like 2005, then look at like 2005 until now. Yeah. And the amount of advancement that's happened, is just like not as much, you know, like you have the biggest studios. Well, there, there's always the world. an exponential curve of adopting a new technology, seeing what the technology can do, massive advancements, you know, in the yeah. middle of the curve. And then, then it levels off because it's not magic anymore. And, and I've, I've said the same thing about the iPhone about like, Apple can't redefine what the cell phone is because they did that once and we know what the cell yeah. phone is now and they're not going to wow the world the same way again. So stop asking them to, it's not yeah. possible. It's interesting to me that like, and I know that this isn't the same exact thing, but like the amount of things that they were sort of like able to like account for it, like they, there's like very, very complex old games. Mm-hmm that you would imagine that like we still have the technology to deploy these days but even with like <laughs> the added immersion of like better looking games better sounding games better controlled games but they don't <laughs> yeah i don't know i don't know where but you're right like obviously you can't keep reinventing the iphone but i don't even think that you need to keep reinventing the iphone um, I think you just make a different iPhone, you know, or you make a different, make them iPhone, make the Z phone, well, the, make the X phone. The, the problem is people go, I just want, you know, sticking with the Apple thing. I just want Apple to innovate again. Like they, they made so many cool things. Here's what happened. We didn't have smartphones or rather we had smartphones and they sucked. We didn't realize that they sucked because that was literally the epitome of technology when we were using them. It was the Palm Pilot, the 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 Handspring, the the Palm Trio, the Blackberry, and Windows CE. Like that was 
the cutting and bleeding edge technology for smartphones in those days. And Apple comes in and goes, screw the keyboard, screw the trackball. You need a touchscreen and you need apps and here's your desktop. And, and people went, okay, cool. That's what we need. That's a revolution. That, that is taking a concept that people think they understand and turning it on its head and saying, no, this is what you want. This is what it should look like. Right. Once you've defined what it should look like, you don't get to do that again. What's right. what's the next paradigm shift for any industry? If right. you can answer that, you're a billionaire. And I don't yeah. mean like you have to be a billionaire to be able to answer that or that's the qualification. No, you will become a billionaire. You will become a billionaire if you get that idea. And if it hits. It, yeah, it's just, you know, I don't know. There's, I think that there's a lot of games that Blizzard could put out that people would play. Um, but then like, you know, um, look at all of the, I mean, Bethesda is a, a prime example of resting, yeah. resting on your laurels and, exactly. and not taking risks to the behest of your shareholders. Uh, because what's the benefit of spending $300 million on development of Elder Scrolls six versus looping a million users into an online service to play Elder Scrolls Online, and and maybe right. and maybe sinking forty million into a service like that. Exactly, and it, it's the same thing with like all of the Call of Duty games and stuff like that. Like you can just create these small game loops that somebody can play over and over and over and over and over and over, and your costs are lower, your profits are higher. Mm -hmm. But that's that's kind of what I'm talking about because that's the Avengers movies, and what we used to get were movies like Collateral. And I don't need, right? Like there's not a lot of innovation between Collateral and Avengers. Like we're watching the same medium. The same right. technology is being deployed to make it happen. You're just getting different, you know, I guess like different, I, I don't know. See, and that's, that's the weird thing because like they are, I don't know. I'm getting so high concept here. I don't want to go that way, but it's like there's not that much difference between Avengers and, and a movie like Collateral. There's not that much difference between a movie like Avengers and Sound of Music. Mm -hmm. Like, cameras are the same. Right. Sound is the same. Like, granted, like, some of the mediums, some of the, the storage mediums and things have changed. Mm -hmm. But, like, a director of photography who is making films on on film is now making films in digital. You know, yeah. it's like they're, um, they're employing the same mechanisms to do these things, yet you're losing so much more when you're just focusing on the tent poles yeah. and doing nothing I, else. How's this? How's this for a great example? Okay, Diablo 2. Uh, uh, someone brought up GTA Five. I think that's an, that's an easy target as well with shark cards and not, yeah. not making a new game in the last, what, almost nine years, nine, ten years now. Um, uh, and simply, you know, raking in money for for that existing IP. Um, but Diablo 2, Blizzard, uh, they completely remade or remastered Diablo 2. All new graphics, all new, you know, some new gameplay mechanics, but for the most part, it's, it's the same point-and-click adventure that you've always played ever since 1999. Um, but it runs on the exact same engine. It's the same source code. It's the same. You can take a Diablo 2 save file from 2000 and load it up 
and play it in Diablo 2 Resurrected. It's it's the same files. It's the same game. It's the same engine. It's the same everything else. In fact, the Diablo 2 engine is running underneath the new graphics layer. Yeah. Um, when they announced Diablo 2, they said they're going to include all of the original features, including offline LAN and self-hosted servers. And then they backtracked on that. And now they require a Blizzard account and you to log in so you can play this game that was built in 1999. Because you logging into their service makes them more money than them allowing you to self-host a LAN party. Yeah. Yeah. Somebody in chat too says, you know, well, what if we want to watch the next Avengers or the next John Wick? And I think that that's great. Those movies exist for a reason. I'm going to go see every Avengers movie there is. I'm going to watch all the John Wicks. Um, that's no problem. Although John Wick is kind of the prime example of like the, you know, that I'm talking about. Like that movie did take kind of a risk. Mm -hmm. You know, it was like a low budget movie originally. And like Keanu Reeves was in it because like uh, the writer and director was like his homie. You know, mm -hmm. that was like. I'm pretty sure if I got the story right, that was like his his like stunt double in a lot of things. And uh, his stunt double's like, yeah, I'm going to write this action movie and it's about this hitman and he does all this and blah, 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 blah. Like, would you want to be in it? Keanu Reeves is like, heck yeah, let's do it. Yeah. And he had a different title for it and Keanu Reeves just couldn't remember it and kept calling it John Wick to everybody. He'd like be in the press and he kept calling it like, you know, the John Wick movie, basically. The writer's going, great, now it's just John Wick. Okay. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And that's what they were like. They were like, God bless it. Yeah. <laughs> like no it's called this and he's like yeah that john wick movie so you know but that's like the kind of an example of like a movie that we could miss out on if like the guy wasn't friends with Keanu Reeves, right you know? like, <laughs> anyway yeah. all that to be said it's kind of disappointing what ai is sort of like pushing people who are giving like pretty good faith effort in trying to elevate creators and stuff like that like clark's world um so who knows what's going to happen with that? I don't know what the response is going to be. You know, a lot of people are suggesting checks and balances that are just very unequitable or still beatable by bots. Right. Um, the the thing is, you can't you can't unpickle this beer. You can't yeah. unpickle this sandwich. The, <laughs> the 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 damage is done. The damage is done. The rabbit's <laughs> out of this box. Like there, there's no putting the rabbit back in the hat. Um, the tools are there now, the algorithms are there now, and they're going to be constantly improved to be able to generate human-like content. Uh, now, are they ever going to be perfect? Of course not. Uh, are, are they going to replace professionals? And, and don't come down on me for using that word. Professional means anyone that gets paid to do something. Like, that's the yeah. root definition of professional. Um, I don't think this is necessarily going to hurt career professionals, but this may hurt hobbyists. This may hurt one-offs. This may hurt a well, lot that's of people exactly, trying to get into the industries. That, and that's exactly what the article in Ars Technica says. It's yeah. like one of the things that, that Neil Clark, the, the guy who runs Clark's World, said is like, He's like, I guess like the obvious example is that like, if you have submitted before this all happened, 
I'll accept submissions from you going forward. Or if you've run in Clark's World before, I'll accept submissions. But that means only established writers can submit to them. Yeah. Which is another barrier. And uh, I don't know. It's just, it's, and that's the thing. It's like no, no one is saying that AI generated textual stories don't have their place. Mm -hmm. But Clark's World has been pretty vocal and adamant about like, we don't want that here. I'm not paying you for that. Right. I'm paying for human writers using their human imagination and doing all this type of stuff. And so then to, because what Clark, uh, what Neil Clark was saying in the, in, in, in his Twitter thread is that it's not even just that like people are writing stories. It seems as though, somebody has scripted a bot to write the stories and submit the stories as right. well, like removing the human element almost altogether. Yeah. And you can look at the, I, I suggest you guys go look at the uh, article yourselves because yeah, you can see the graph there. You can sort of see the baseline for their general submissions. He would get like 25 to 50 a month. And then after chat GPT comes out, it just explodes with February he got 500 submissions in one month, which doesn't sound like a lot, but you have to understand he is reading every submission yeah. to determine whether or not he wants it in his magazine. He's reading every single one and their length, I think, runs up to like 10,000 words, which is pretty freaking long. It's a long, yeah. And and like you said, at, at the rates for uh for short stories from from clark's world you know if you're if you're paying somewhere in the 10 to 15 cent per word you know let's say 12 cents per word that's 600 dollars for a 5,000 word story right that's exactly a decent <clears throat> that's a exactly that's 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 huge and you know and that's the thing and if you look at if you guys look at the article uh on your own time as well you'll see too that there's just been an explosion in the in recent weeks of TikTok and YouTube content saying like, make 800, like there's one on that article that says like, make $800 a day having AI write you uh, eBooks. <laughs> like, look at that. Like, dude, get a grip, go write your own book. You know, if you have something to say, say it. Like, man, the distillation of like every single thing we do. And this is something like I'm keenly aware of like working you know, for a YouTube channel, it's like the distillation of our entire personalities into like a commodity that we like trade around in order to make money. Like that kind of sucks, but it, at least our personalities are human, you know, like, right. <laughs> like, I don't know, like pretty soon they're going to try and strip that out of it too. And it's like, okay, <laughs> yeah, we'll see what happens. Um, but anyway, you know, um, if you guys support science fiction or fantasy um, and you want to continue to like support the up and comers, uh, Neil Clark of Clark's World says the best way right now to support the magazine is to subscribe, which does cost a little bit of money. But I can highly recommend it being a subscriber of Clark's World for the last two years myself that uh, it's money well spent, especially if you like reading and you like science fiction. Um, so go ahead and check that out. And, uh, you know, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, great segue into uh, today's video sponsor, which happens to be uh, Linode, as you all know, longtime sponsor of the channel. And uh, hey, you can uh, host dedicated enterprise GPUs and run your own AI instances if you need to. <laughs> uh, oh no, where's my where's my sponsor at? Where's my? They video? took us down. 
Great, now I've been canceled. Awesome. Hold on, I will fix this. Okay. Uh, well, you know what you can play? What can I play? You could you could play uh, the integrated pre-roll. I could. <laughs> I could. Yeah, that'd be stupid. Don't do that. What a dumb idea, Rhett. Yep. There we go. Hey! Hey! Today's episode of Talking Heads is brought to you by Linode. Hosting your own servers also means you get to host all your own problems. And even the most skilled network engineer will tell you you should decentralize your network. So why not host your services with Linode? If it runs on Linux, it'll run on Linode. That includes the software for most of the tutorials on my channel, like how to run your own ad blocking recursive DNS servers, VPN gateways, your own cloud-based Plex servers, and more. They offer shared CPU plans for as little as $5 per month and can scale as high as your needs go. Whether it be virtualized hosting, dedicated enterprise GPUs, NVMe block storage, and more. Even if you do host your own servers, you can use Linode to keep a backup off-site. Because remember, RAID is not a backup. Linode is also expanding at light speed, with 12 new global data centers planned before the end of 2023, and I believe even more after the acquisition by Akami. Visit linode.com slash craftcomputing and get a $100 60-day credit just for signing up for a new account. That's linode.com slash craftcomputing, and again, a huge thanks to Linode for continuing to sponsor this podcast. Talking Heads. I was, I was going to say, sponsoring Talking Heads, and then I said this, and I went, crap, nothing comes after this. <laughs> this show this. called Talking Heads. Thank you for sponsoring this episode. And all episodes. And all episodes. Uh, um, yeah. Do you guys want to know what happens when AI starts writing poetry and things like that? Uh, Felis caddis, your taxonomic nomenclature. An endothermic quadruped, carnivorous by nature. <laughs> Ode to spot. Like it. Like it. Good callback. Yes. Thank you. It's a great episode. That is a great episode. Data trying to be more human. Uh, how is your 16% lager treating you? Um, it's okay. It doesn't yeah. taste bad. Way too bready. There's just, uh, it's pretty, bl it's pretty bland, I'll say. Yeah. And um, it's hard to believe that it's 16%. Because it doesn't taste like 16%. Yeah. Like you would assume that it would kind of have like a barley wine quality or something like that. Right. Um, but there isn't that. It just tastes like a very bready, <laughs> dry lager. Lot, lots and lots of sourdough is kind of, yeah. Yeah, that's yeah, that's a good way of looking at it. And it's like really like, I don't know. It's And now and since it has warmed up. I will say the rolls have reversed on the flavor. I was saying that the aftertaste was better. Now the foretaste is pretty good, and the aftertaste is getting a little bitter. It's getting a little much, and it tastes like sourdough is a good one because it it, it does kind of have like a spoiled taste to it, but yeah. not bad. You know, if you're used to fermented things, um, then you kind of understand what I'm talking about. It has that like fermented old sort of quality to it that yeah. But it's a little, it's a little much. It's a little strong when it goes down the gullet. So, I don't know. I'm working on it. You know, who who knows where we'll be when? Yeah. Well, uh, so I had two beers sitting here, uh, and and if you were deciding to go in, if you were gonna go with the sixteen percent lager, um, I couldn't be beaten. 
Uh, so I have adroit theories, all that I have learned. Uh, this, is, this is a Russian Imperial Stout. Uh, it is bottled in October of 2020, so it's it's two plus years old. Um, this is Ghost Number Nine Twelve, bottle eighty three of two thousand, uh, and it is sixteen point six six percent. Dang. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man! Yeah, and yours is gonna be good. It's not even that thick or that dark. I mean, but, but come on, does yours have a lady smoking a cigar on the front? I Mine mean, does not. Mine has kind of like an Eye of Sauron Velociraptor thing going on. And look at that, like you know, cartoon flame. Yeah, on the end of the that's, cigar. I mean, that's it's very nineteen fifties. Uh, well, I'm getting like an '80s, like sort of black exploitation vibe from it. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, that era of movies. Yeah. Like, I guess that's probably. Well, I don't know. Hard to say. It's definitely a topless lady on the bottle, but. <laughs> <laughs> what are you gonna do? What do you do in the privacy of your own home? Smoke a stogie, sixteen percent lager. More power to you. Um... <laughs> So yeah, Adroit Theories, all that I have learned, Russian Imperial Stout. Um... They're taking bets wow. on Hiccup, Jeff. I wouldn't take that bet. Wow. Um, I'm trying to place this smell. It is, it is so familiar, but not from a beer and i'm trying to figure out what me it is exactly yeah yeah give me a lift. Yeah, here you go oh yeah no you're right wow that's like a familiar scent for sure yeah it's it's a very sweet fruit like might be like fig um if i had to call it something no it's dates sorry man it's not figs it's dates think like a fig dipped in like butter pecan syrup is kind of what i'm getting it, it's it's kind of that that dark fruit but but very pleasant kind of smell ah could it possibly be the familiar scent of beer <laughs> this is what I was gonna say originally. He's like, "Wow, it tastes familiar," but not I mean, from a beer. I mean, like, dang it, seventy-three episodes. How many hundreds of beers have I drank on this channel? You've had at least two hundred and seventy-three beers. Well, well, wait, you no, weren't you weren't heads. on the show at least twice, right? But I've also had at least two beers per show. But well, I was going for at least you've had at least one beer, like uh, right early days when we started doing the two hour shows, I was doing three beers a show. Uh, that got a little weird, but it was also nice because we all lived within a mile of each other. <laughs> but um, Yeah, good to know Zoom supports smell now. Yeah, Zoom now in 4D. Zoom, call us. Willing to uh, let you sponsor the show. We'll pitch your smell-o-vision. 
Oh man. I mean, I'm using a Zoom interface uh, for my audio <laughs> interface, so they have to be the same company, right? Excuse me. They got to be the same company. I'm sure they are. No, they're not. You don't think Zoom so? Zoom Audio and Zoom the no, they are not the same company. Is Zoom interfaces also Zoom meetings? Huh, that didn't get me to where I wanted to be at all. <laughs> <laughs> they are not the same company. I'd put money on that. Uh yeah, Mixology March, definitely a thing. Uh, of course, I only... Here's the thing. I've only done Mixology March once. And and all of a sudden, it's a thing. And uh, and I, I did it two years ago, and then I skipped it last year because uh, uh, I wasn't sure if I was dying or not. Uh, it turned out to be an injury that was causing issues, but I was having this insane chest pain uh to the point of not being able to sit up breathing would hurt walking hurt um i couldn't lift more than like a couple of pounds uh and uh and it seemed to be irritated by by food and drink and beverages and, and anything that i ingested um it turns out i had damaged the the xiphoid process which is the soft interconnect tissue right above your sternum and uh Chances are I did it with uh, with Baby X, with with him jumping up and down or hitting my, me in the chest or something like that. Um, I still have issues with that today, but we weren't sure if it was heart related, if it was kidney, if it was li there are s the reason your rib cage is here is that's where all of your vital organs are. And so when you go in and say I have like like low deep chest pain. Uh, they run all of the tests <laughs> and it took all of March and half of April uh, before I got the, the okay to, to truly consume alcohol again. Um, yeah. So. yeah. I came into uh, the studio and you had some non-alcoholic beer ready to go. That was pretty awful. And we gave up on that pretty quick. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I had to cranberry coffee. juice on or the no show. water. You didn't like, even have much. You didn't even have much caffeine, yeah, and you weren't supposed to have like red meat. That was a no, big deal. No, I, I, uh, I, I don't eat a ton of red meat anyway. Like we're we're very lean protein here. A lot of chicken, a lot of fish, um, and uh, and you know we we do we did get half a cow over a year ago, and God, we still have sixty percent of that <laughs> of that half a cow, because um, you know once or twice a week we'll have like a a pound of of beef with whatever meal we're cooking but um but that's One really pound of beef each right incredible yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. what what'd you say quarter quarter pound burger no 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 full pound burger i'm gonna need a one pound burger please yeah oh with all the fixings well i need the patty to be one pound please <laughs> I, I will say god this was too no this was this was last year also this was uh Actually, shortly after I got the clean bill of health, knowing that it was just an injury. Um, so my wife took all three kids, uh, just her and her dad uh, and, and the three kids uh, back to the Midwest. So so the grandparents and great grandparents could could 
meet the kids potentially for the last time kind of thing um weren't sure how much longer they were gonna they were gonna make it um i remember specifically that one day uh i had pulled out a a full pound uh hamburger and i was going to cut it in half and do like a half pound in like a spaghetti or like a casserole mix or something like that and then another half pound i was going to split into like two burgers and I started making burgers, and I'm like, you know, I kind of feel like third pound patties. So I, I made them a little bit bigger. And uh, then I'm like, well, I've only got a third pound left. I might as well just make a third patty, and then I'll like, I'll, I'll cook it up at the same time, and I'll like have it for breakfast tomorrow. I'll make hash browns or whatever else. So, um, so I ended up like cooking three third pound burgers out of my Traeger, and uh, dished myself up two burgers. And when I do burgers, I don't do just hamburger buns i'll usually do like bagels like i love bagels as a hamburger bun if you've never tried it freaking go for it um it's amazing uh but made myself some some barbecue bacon cheeseburgers all the trimmings everything times two uh plus a full side of tater tots and 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 things like that i got done with that and then i'm looking at this third patty I'm still hungry. <laughs> so that night I ate a full pound of ground beef. Hey, it happens to the best of mm -hmm. us. Yep. Don't engage. Don't engage. Mm, too late. Yep. Bro, we're not talking about what Mike Jones said and how actually stupid it sounds. Yeah. <laughs> Here's the deal. Do I glorify the beverage? Maybe a little bit because I like the beer for the craft of it. I love what you can do with the flavors. And I like to think for the most part, I demonstrate drinking responsibly. If, if you all aren't following along with the chat, Let's side rail for 60 seconds since Rhett decided to engage. Uh, you're finally getting to the point. Stop drinking. Yeah, blame your drinking injuries on the kid. Um, <laughs> you don't know me. You don't know my I know. family. You don't know That's my That's what's children. hilarious about it. You don't know my situation. Um, you get to see me an hour a week if you even watch that. By the way, Mike, I don't know if you're subscribed. I don't know who you are. I don't know anything about you. I'm not making any assumptions. I will say you're not all that educated because you uh, can't even use proper capitalization, punctuation, or the right <laughs> form of your. Um, so blow me, Mike. <laughs> I, I I love the yeah the, the the glorification thing is what got me. It's like, bro, you don't need to be sympathetic because we weren't talking about drinking. And if you don't like drinking, this place isn't for you. You know what I'm saying? If that's what you're going to be like. There are a lot of people who watch I, the show I, that don't I'm drink. I'm going to predict that the next thing he's going to say is, but there are kids who watch your YouTube channel. No, no there the demographics aren't. say there aren't. We have the numbers, man. <laughs> there aren't kids. And, and you know what? There's a lot of people Adult that watch the show. Too. There's so. a lot of people that watch the show that don't drink, and they're happy to chime along that they're drinking water, they're drinking tea, they're drinking coffee, or they're drinking mm -hmm. their pop of choice, whatever it might be. Um, and we're a hundred percent along with those people. 
uh not 100% along with whatever you're doing and you know what i'm sorry that i engaged but that's why i did it in chat not uh <laughs> over voice but get alive dude right and anyway. <laughs> we're all on our own journeys okay that's that's all i can say is i'm me you're you if you have a problem with alcohol and alcoholism and control and becoming a different person and hating that person and that that personality and that person and that that itch is holding you back and creating problems in your life you have a problem that you probably need to address and i have been very forthright with a lot of people in a lot of different platforms uh there are friends that i have that are completely dry and sober and i encourage them on that journey i'm not I'm not going, you know, hey, you know, a beer sounds good right about now, huh? There are people that I engage with that it's like, you know, today marks eight months sober and it, you know, I was not the person that I wanted to be. And it was, it was interfering. I was, I was drinking half a fifth of vodka a night and, and, you know, I hated the person that I was and was tired all the time. I'm like, good for you. Good for you for recognizing an issue in your life, addressing it, hitting it head on and, and charging through it. That's amazing. Everyone needs to do that. And if you can't handle beer, that's that's fine. Don't. Uh, Look, and I, I love that he didn't take the bait and keep pushing it. Yeah. And uh, you know, like I mean, he chimed in. But uh, what I wanted to what I wanted to shout out were all the people who's shouting off in in, in chat saying, "Hey, I'm drinking a root beer." Um, I, I don't drink, but hot chocolate is my jam. I don't drink, still enjoy the beer chat though. I wish I enjoyed beer as much as you guys, you know, like that's what we're all about. Like we're not up here, like forcing alcohol down anybody's gullet. Right. And, 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 and again, <laughs> the point of my channel is not necessarily about craft beer. That's one of the reasons I named it craft computing, but I enjoy the definition of craft that is thoughtfully and purposefully made. It, it is with care and attention. Uh, and what goes into something like this, like an adroit theory, all that I have learned. There are decades of master brewer experiences and flavor profiles and whatnot that go into making this beer and then they're aging it. And then they're, you know, what you get is the culmination is the derivative culmination of hundreds of years of experience going into a beverage that I quite enjoy. Uh, versus if you're slamming 12 natties a night. Uh, yeah, that's rough. That's a problem. Oh, my liver hurts. That's what Stephen King did. And he wrote some real messed up stuff <laughs> while he was slamming 12 natties a night. Uh, pretty sure like that's like the Cujo era. Mike does come back and he says drugs and drink are the spice of life. Not a staple. You can't survive on spices. You need meat and potatoes. And that's true, man. Didn't that I is absolutely true. A pound of meat. <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate the metaphor he's going for, I, I, especially I, I in spite of me lighting him up. Uh, so. right. I, and, and I do too. But you have to understand, as a viewer, you are getting a snippet into my life and you're getting a snippet that I make public. Why does everyone associate Jeff with craft computing with having a beer in his hand and, and usually like 16%? Holy crap! It's because every time you see me on any form of media, I have a beer in my hand. Guess what? That represents 40 minutes of my week. No. Yeah. 
I'm 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 a yeah. different person outside the show. I don't always yeah. drink. I I have almost complete dry weeks sometimes, and then I have some where it's like crap. I need I feel like a beer for lunch today, and I'll crack a beer for lunch, and that's okay because it doesn't interfere with anything that I do, and I don't have any other health concerns, and I do pay close attention to my health, and that's the point. So we are all on our own journey. If you are sober, go for it. I applaud you. It is excellent. Do what's healthy for you. If you enjoy also, the craft of beer, enjoy the craft of beer, but enjoy it responsibly. Enjoy it like an adult. That's what also, I try to push. I got to call out Jake Dill who says, Rhett, no one is drinking pop. Somebody might be drinking a soda somewhere, but unless you're from Fargo, no one's drinking a pop. Here in Oregon, we call it pop. All right? It was interesting because... I grew up in the southern half of the Willamette Valley. Yep. This, yeah, the southern half of our 100-mile-long valley. <laughs> well, when it's where 85% of the population live is in the Willamette Valley, I grew up in the southern half of the Willamette Valley. Okay? When I grew up, it was pop. When I moved north of the 45th parallel, it was soda. No. It, yes. No. Yes. I did not I live know it as soda. I, I knew some people in the South called it soda pop or give me a Coke for a reference to pop. Like, yeah. I'll take a Coke. What kind? I don't understand the question. That's a real thing. Um, but, yeah, like we have our own North-South division and it's over pop <laughs> and soda. I knew it as pop growing up. Now it's soda. I don't, but here I grew up on the 45th parallel. I still live on the 45th parallel. God willing, I'll die here on the 45th parallel, and we call it pop. You. You call it pop. Me and my entire giant family. <laughs> um, Every single Californian transplant I know, though, tries to bring it up here, and they're like, why do you guys all call it pop? And I'm just like, I'm going to pop you is what I'm about to do. <laughs> <laughs> No, um, Call I will it whatever say, as you it, want, just please don't don't say, give me a Coke. What kind? I'll take a Sprite. Those are not the same thing. Yeah, that's a that's a that's too pop, much for soda, me. Soda prop, as, as Krem says, soft drink. Cool. Totally viable. Uh, all uh, right. Get out of here with your common sense Southern yeah. Hemisphere garbage. Uh, south of the 45th, baby. Uh, <laughs> he's way south of the 45th. <laughs> Uh, yeah, we did miss a super chat. Uh, I think we missed a few. We we might have missed a few. Well, whatever. No, no, we got. Did we? Oh no, sorry. Uh, sorry, I I did not uh respond to Cyano. Um, uh, so I I read the Fred's super chat at the very beginning. The the mm. fifteen Canadian. Uh, I didn't read Cyano's, so I apologize for that. I'm gonna get back to it now. Uh, hi from Seattle. It's really cold outside here. Yeah, it's really cold outside here too. We're, we're not <laughs> that far south from Seattle. Um, and uh, like I'm saying, bro, we're on a whole show, other parallel. Yeah, right. Um, I'm just kidding. Yeah, we're <laughs> uh, uh, here at Craft Computing. We use the whole buffalo. Uh, <laughs> right? That should be a thing, guys, right? That's a thing that he says all the time. <laughs> thing that I said one time and never even made it to air. It was in the bloopers. It was in the bloopers. I should have put it in the actual video. 
Uh, and Kren chiming in with five Aussie bucks. Good day, mates. Uh, sent up a high altitude balloon last week. <laughs> wow, that's really good. You just did that really well, actually. I, I, that is the best Australian accent I have ever done. I, that was impressive. You went for it, and I was like, oh, I here did. we go. <laughs> Successfully got a picture 30 kilometer up. All right, that was a little worse. Okay, yeah, I got in your head a little I, bit. I, 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 yeah, I, I, I went for it too much. Uh, about three hundred twenty-eight football pitches high. Well, which football is it? Soccer? Yeah, is which it kind football? of football is it? Is it Aussie rules football? Is it what we Plus, call rugby? Is it what? What kind of a pitch? Because here in America, we got this game where they pitch, and it's not that far. Right, and and like, and 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 our pitch is is a thrown thing, not like a pitch, like a grassy thing. I don't believe. Yeah. Given up. Uh, a, a pitch is where the Revolutionary War started. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I've had fun with recently? And this should have been so much more obvious to By me. By the way, 30K like... up, got a picture, and recovered it. That, oh, that's boy, that's worth a... Yeah, it's like right on there, mate. You know? Like, you got up there 5K. Oh, no, wait. Five Aussie uh, dollary dues. What do you guys call them there? Do you guys call them dollary dues? I, I call them dollary dues. Wait, wait, wait. Australian pesos is, I think, also acceptable. Dollar bucks? Dollar bucks. That's the thing they say, right? I've seen Bluey. Uh, yeah. Well, we get up there on 30k. Is, isn't it dollar mates? Dollar mates? Because they say, no, nah, it costs $5, mate. <laughs> and there we go, all of our Australian <laughs> viewers. Uh... <laughs> Settle it down was a there, terrible joke, but I couldn't resist. Uh, you have missed mine, Kren. Well, no longer. No longer. I found you. I found. I went back. I. I don't even have the notification that a super mm. chat came in anymore. I remembered that I had skipped now, the super chat. So Mike Fulton uh, chimes in with a sheer lie. He says he lived in Portland all his life, and it's soda here. So um, I guess he's not actually from Portland. Um, oh no, Portland, Maine. He's from Portland, Maine. Absolutely. Good on you. Good no, on you, what I'm telling you is where I'm from, which was 90-ish miles south, it was hot. When I hit Salem and North, it was soda. I have you lived in, in this area. You in the little redneck <laughs> the country bumpkin. of where you're from. <laughs> I imagine it was still pop because it, and, and I've talked about the dichotomy of the Willamette Valley before. So there's Portland as the largest metro yeah. in Oregon. Ten there's miles e makes a huge difference. There's <laughs> Eugene, which is about 110, 120 miles south. Uh, it's the second largest metro in Oregon. No, not anymore. And Sorry, bro. what's up? It's not anymore, bro. Bend is. Yeah, Google it, Mike. Take a look there at the old Googles and tell I, me what you I think about that. That Ben oh, does yeah. not eclipse 200,000 yeah. in their metro area. I will bet you, I'll bet you a, a, a sixer of, uh, you know, a local grocery store. You win, it's Rainier. I win, it's, it's, uh, we'll go pub beer. Oh, am I? Rainier is a sixer, a six, six, whatever. It's a sixer of powders. That's now I'm, I'm talking... <laughs> okay, here we go. Um, so Portland number one, number one population at six hundred fifty-two thousand. Eugene number two at one seventy-six. Salem number three at one seventy-five. Gresham number no! Gresham number four at one seventy-five five. Uh, and Hillsboro number number 
number five at 106, bend number six at 99,000. And mind you, Eugene- we were both wrong. No, I said bend is not number two. You said Eugene was number two. I said Ben was number two. We're both wrong. No, I said Eugene number two. Eugene is number two at 176,000. No, it's not. I'm looking at the list. It says Salem at 174. This one says Eugene is 173. What are you looking at? I'm looking at Wikipedia Census 2020. I'm looking at the population data from 2021 American Community Survey. I Googled second largest metro in Oregon. Oregon slash demographics.com. Here's here's the tricky part with Salem and Eugene. Okay. We're getting we're getting into the weeds here. Um <laughs> one says pop, one says soda. On the 2020 census, they're within eleven hundred people at 176 and 175.5, respectively. Um so but Bend is number six at 99178. Is it really though? That's crazy. I thought Bend oh, was. Oh, and by two. the way, Springfield is also part of the Eugene Metro at 61,000 in its own right. What does Bend have? Frickin' Redmond? At like yeah, but 13, see, this 000? is weird because it Salem 174,000, that's like the greater metro area. That's not Salem. Right? Salem's population Salem isn't that proper, big. 175. Really? Yeah. Yeah, Salem's the third largest city in Oregon. Uh, they fight with Eugene for number two from time to time, but it's usually Eugene. But Bend is nowhere close. It, but it was for a while. No, what happened? No. Bend no, was, it was. Bend was never well into the 100s. They they flirted with 120 for a while, but then uh, with the, the new housing crisis, they kind of dropped back out. Uh, hey, ben, I know from the water bottle, from the water bottle sales, we ben got one Ben person 50, here. people. And before that, it was 20,000 people. Uh, so it's soda, damn it. So I guess it's a tie. That sucks, man. Too bad. Guess we'll never know who is right. <laughs> it's a tie when you were... Literally batting forty percent of the population. <laughs> I guess we'll just never know who is truly correct. Going by the twenty twenty census, I win. Going by this twenty twenty one, uh, you were technically incorrect, but still closer. So you're right. I owe you a six pack of pub beer. Six pack of pub beer coming my way. But they don't even sell six packs of pub beer. Guess you got to get a case. Uh... <laughs> Sorry, they don't sell it in in six pack like Swill. Hey, every craft beer is sold in a six pack. <laughs> sold in a four pack or a twelve pack. You know that. That's you not know true. That. You I know just that. bought. I just bought a six pack of uh, Elysian Stardust. Ah, in Bev sellout crap. In Bev, shut your mouth. <laughs> it's a good beer. <laughs> Elysian is a good beer. Ah, uh, we are an hour and 15 minutes in. I suppose we should move on to the second news story of the day. Well, we do have one more super chat oh. from Denver. Well, and also we have members. Sorry, we got Let's a couple do Denver. Comments. Let's hit those. Okay, go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, Denver chimes in. Six-month member. Thank you very much, Denver. Settle down, pops. <laughs> I get it. Uh, Novella, member of 30 months. Again, thank you, Novella. Longtime friend of the channel uh, and Baller. provider of many a beer. <laughs> 
Uh, OG much status. Appreciated. Vote for Jeff to have a third beer. I should because I need to empty the fridge so you can send me another case. Uh, <laughs> also, to Kren's credit, too, we got to get all the we got to get all the guys together to uh, yeah. enjoy some tasty some southern tasty hemisphere Australian treats. Is there like an expiration on that? Did we like uh, spit in the face of Kren's uh, generosity here? Do you think Vegemite expires? That's, I'm just, I don't know. I've never had it, so. <laughs> it's in a sealed container. So, well, I assume it is. He, so what, are we talking like spam level of? Uh, <laughs> of... For, for all I know, he could have like, you know, cracked it open, spread a couple of toast <laughs> himself, and then resealed it and sent it. Like He's like, I, these guys are like this. This is like a good tub. They had had to quality check it first. I had to make sure it was good. I couldn't see none of the beard Vegemite. And there's like other brands, right? Credits told us about this. Anyway, we're getting into the weeds. Uh... <laughs> there's so much salt in it, it will never die. <laughs> uh, that is probably true uh moving on now we do have we do have denver two dollars he says so is it pop or purses <laughs> and then he does that emoji so there you go uh good question we'll never know next story <laughs> the world will never know we I have even know uh, how many licks it takes to get the center of a tootsie pop you think we're gonna solve nomenclature and and grammar in one episode you know what just occurred to me it's been an hour and 24 minutes and we've done one story yeah, that's exactly what I said. I said, we're at the hour 15 mark. Maybe we should move on to the second news story. Okay, let's do it, please. Let's, let's do it. Uh, Tesla is recalling 362,758 vehicles, an oddly specific number. And it says what? full driving uh, beta software may cause crashes. What? Apparently it wasn't as bulletproof as they may have led consumers to believe. Uh, and based on a lot of NHTSA data, uh, as well as crash data, police reports, etc., I think they're probably right. Uh, who knew you couldn't take a nap at 90 miles an hour on I-5? I mean, oh, you know... everyone who's ever been in a car, ever. <laughs> yeah, it's, uh... Feeling better and better about my leaf purchase, you know? <laughs> You know what's really funny is, uh, besides Tesla having to recall 360,000 vehicles uh, for lying about self-driving capabilities and software bugs, um, is had they just called it what it is, and it's Lane Transit Assist, like they they did some some fairly clever things with like recognizing stop signs and crosswalks and things like that, but. It's still a guessing game. It's still AI, and it's AI that's running on a freaking NVIDIA Tegra chip. Like, it's it's not <laughs> necessarily the most cutting... Like, it's a good <laughs> chip for your cell phone. It probably shouldn't be determining life and death of a pedestrian. Like, for What I feel purposes, awful about... What I feel awful about in 2020... Uh, in the fall of 2020, I got into a huge argument with my coworker about self-driving cars. 
and they were so suspicious about it. And I said, yeah, like for sure. It makes sense you're suspicious about it. But I said, well, like when the technology is all ironed out, like, wow, like this could be great. It could save lives and all this. She's like, oh my God, you're a genocidal maniac. And I just thought she was insane. But now I'm just like, I was an idiot. <laughs> like everybody's seen the videos, like uh, aside yeah. what you're gonna say, everybody's seen the videos. There is no, there's no doubt that tesla has some bugs we've seen the videos yeah. explode over over the last several months people just drive it and all of a sudden it's like a brick is on your gas pedal and yeah. you're accelerated you're trying to dodge people and things and traffic until you eventually crash right um um had tesla not shot for the moon and not treated this like a tech industry product and treated it like an automobile and and i've said this a couple of times um they probably would have been fine uh but they decided to call it full self-driving and and ai driving and things like that yeah. um take your hands up relax put your read a book you know um play clash of clans on the 17 inch monitor that's next to you like whatever um have they just decided to do some uh -oh. by the way Hiccup He's here. here i lost that bet um had they just decided to call it assistive driving or lane transit yeah. assist or one yeah. of the other nomenclatures that a lot of other manufacturers used um, and then stuck to those basic rules of use it on the highway, use it as an aid, use it as, you know, if you want to parallel park by yourself, that's a great parlor trip. I would learn how to parallel park myself, but, it, but at the same time, it's like if I'm doing 75 down the freeway, I kind of want all attention at what I'm doing, not necessarily like, oh, let me catch up on whatever book well, I'm trying to read. But what do the crumple zones on this some son of a gun look like? Because if I'm just going to go ahead and crash, then does it matter? Am I going to be safe? Um, I mean, you may be, but what about the crumple zones on the car? Don't care about you? them, bro. And, don't care about them, bro. if you are driving your motor vehicle no. and you kill someone, you may be at legal in legal liability for involuntary manslaughter etc etc no no um, i'm gonna have chat gpt represent me in court there you go passed there all go. the exams with a c plus um now, uh, <laughs> i don't need to drive i don't need to be in court and quite frankly <laughs> i don't need to be in prison it's a waste of my time um so i have a 2021 toyota sienna uh bought it brand new love the car love the van um and it has what it calls lane transit assist and radar cruise control and a couple other features when i'm on i-5 when i'm on the highway it will drive itself it will stay in its lane it will avoid every other vehicle it will apply brakes it will apply gas it will turn with the corners it will do everything that i need it to do in a relatively straight line and it's great uh it, it's great because i can relax a little bit i can i can have a conversation with my kids and my wife and sing along to all the disney songs that constantly play in our car um but uh but at the same time it's not full self-driving it's it's not a kick back and relax turn your seat around a la an rv and and you know, play a game of gin rummy on the table behind you. Like it's it that's not what it is, and that's not what the Teslas are either. 
And I think now that the the man behind the curtain is very much not behind the curtain anymore, um, <laughs> we might be able to start calling this what it is. And they're great assistive technologies. I have no problem with using technology to enhance or to assist your driving For experience sure. or anything else. For sure. The same way I don't have a problem with AI assisting with art generation and assisting with story writing well, and... Right. And, you know, and that's what's interesting is I think that, like, if anybody else were at the helm of what we're talking about, uh, we could probably be having those conversations. But the problem is, is that, like, with the person who is sort of in charge of the branding of this and the messaging about it, um, th th they use these grandiose visions and terminology and talking points to shut out other concepts you know and and i don't know exactly what it is that self-driving or autopilot killed off but it's not hard to see with some of the other ideas especially with like the tunnels and stuff that they're doing that whatever i don't know where I'm going. yeah but you see what i'm saying like they're like well why why invest in good uh high speed rail lines when you could have a hyperloop okay well so then we kill high speed rail lines and and because, because we don't we even think... have high speed rail lines yet and i don't want to but have to buy a tesla to get into a hyperloop but that but that's exactly it right because we go we go let's build high speed rail and this guy goes now nah, let's do a hyperloop and all the legislators go hey a billionaire is going to take care of this for us we don't need we don't need public funds we'll just let him do this and we're going to have a hyperloop. And then they go, hey, we should build mass transit and other ideas and subways. And he goes, actually, let me dig tunnels and everybody could drive their Teslas through it. And they go, hey, we don't need to do this anymore. Billionaire is going to handle it for us. Right. And it's like the same thing with with with, with self-driving. Like what a powerful technology. You and I have been in a self-driving car yeah. uh, during CES yeah. uh, when we went in 2019. Yeah, that was wild. <laughs> it was cool, man. And they they did have somebody in the driver's seat but the dude was hands the off dude was like, and what where you want to go could man see, you could see on the on the screen that they had how the car perceived the world around it mm -hmm. one of the really unsettling things to me was that like it could see people in the buildings even like hundreds of feet off of the road it could see people walking people in the buildings you can see other cars you can see people sitting in the cars like it saw everything so like i feel like the technology is powerful and it's there but what is it about what tesla is doing is it just the branding that is causing issues because we're not calling it you know lane whatever assist or freeway right. assist or whatever the, is it the branding or is I, it the problem is or is it tesla it, itself the problem is they called it full self driving and, autopilot and autopilot and they advertised it literally for every driving scenario right yep in denver with five dollars says you, you full self driving on sale moose test <laughs> yeah Denver for $5 says full self-driving on the sales page, but not on functional at the point of sale. Puts Tesla in breach of warranty. Yeah. Uh, Magnuson and Moss Warranty and Repair Act. Yep. Uh, he references. Yep. Um, now, now, as much as I'd love to keep talking about Tesla, 
Uh, I do want to move along a little bit. And we got a, a super chat. Another super chat. Yeah, please. please. Uh, Zach, uh, what would you make Rhett do for a Klondike bar? What do you uh, want to make me do for a Klondike bar if you're going to do a $500 super chat? Boy, $500. Uh, uh, I could make Rhett do just about any, like $20. Rhett's your guy. No, and he does it all the time in the office. Yeah. Uh <laughs> I remind you, I'm paying you well above minimum wage, so you're going to go oh, do no. this for me. He is, he is, he is, yeah. Wow, look at you. Um, what can I say? What? Where are you at, son? Okay, hey, hey, look at me. Oh, I drink two beers a day. One of them's got to be 16.9. Hey, I don't have hiccups, bro. Mine okay? By the way, because of, because of Zach's uh, Super Chat, I had to look up what, the, what Klondike is. Because as a Boy Scout, like I attended the Klondike derby i've eaten it, plenty it's, of klondike it's a little bars ice cream bar and it's delicious i've eaten the bar it's not an ice cream bar it's a chocolate bar um idiot god you don't even know what you're talking about well you may call them chocolate bars here but when uh, i go <laughs> in the yeah, frozen confectionery <laughs> section was just called an ice cream bar south of the 45th we froze our klondike bars and we <laughs> loved them <laughs> oh that's great uh, <laughs> but uh anyway apparently it's a specific region of the yukon territory yeah called the uh, klondike around the klondike river hey i don't know if you guys knew that so there you go um i assume they have a river there were people there at some point you know there are some places that don't have rivers where people are bro it happens. Yeah, there are also places where <coughs> we were talking about Tillamook, Oregon, which floods if you flush the toilet twice by accident. And people still live there. <laughs> they make excellent cheese, though, if you can deal with the smell. <laughs> Zach, thanks so much, man. Thank appreciate you. the super chat. $500. Like, there's nothing we could do to repay that except continue to make content. Yeah. And, uh, uh, or show up at PDX LAN because Zach's going to be there. And uh, uh, but last count, I think we have nine patrons going to PDX LAN in hey, March. That's two. That's two Counter Strike teams. What are we going to do with nine people? That's freaking we're gonna awesome. Do something. We're, we're going to do like our own Rocket League tournament. Like we're going to do like some. We're going to have some fun. Oh uh, my god! Right. So. All right. I can't wait. Be... Uh, if if you are in the Portland greater area, uh, PDX Land, I believe they still have a couple of slots available. Um, March 30th through April 2nd. Uh, I will be there in attendance the whole time. Uh, and uh, we're going to have our first kind of official, unofficial craft computing meetup uh, of craft computing Patreon supporters and so on and so forth. So, yeah. We got a couple of us there. Somebody did the math on it, and even though nine people right now doesn't sound like a lot, that's one percent of attendees. That's so. That's pretty impressive. That's got to be like the biggest group, right? We maybe think there's a group bigger than nine people. Now, remember, I go out to dinner every every quarter with that same group, uh, with another group, and that's about nine strong. Uh, so we're going to be competing with like Tech Syndicate and maybe a couple others. Um, for for the, okay. but we are the one percent. Yeah, of course we are. <laughs> yeah, yeah, 
You guys can come watch. Uh, oh, Jeremy says watch it's been me. sold out for a few days now. Dang it! No, I, I knew oh, they were close. Like I, I knew it. they were like sub twenty with tickets remaining. Uh, Kren says, "Take the jar of Vegemite with you." <laughs> oh, I would do that, but then we're depriving Steve and John. Oh darn! I will save them some. You know, the thing is, is is it like, is it supposed to be bad or is it just like jarring? You I, know, like what's the, what's the whole shtick here? Like I, I'll eat some. I, I, I'm excited to try it actually. I have no idea what the flavor profile of Vegemite is. All I know is that Australians love it and everyone else hates it, which means it's probably just like as jarring as coffee is when you start to drink coffee or craft beer or something like that. It's a wildly different flavor profile that your brain just isn't quite ready for, and you kind of acclimate to it. And I've been on four continents, and I've never said no to food. So, uh, Vince says they have twenty to thirty person groups at PDX Land. So we're we're starting to encroach on on some of the the larger groups. Well, we won't. Are we? Those. We're not even halfway there. Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. Twenty but to thirty. See, no, and no, no, and no, that's no, the thing. No, no. We're on the board. So, are we? Where where does it fall after the and, and all of the claim Vince is my own because he's in the God group. He said it right there. I don't, I don't even know what he's God been a means. For like two years. What does God mean, Vince? I follow him on Twitter. Like that. That <laughs> <laughs> you are a part of an elite group, Vince. Right. Not only that, but come uh, to the dark side. Him. We have cookies. Uh, yeah. I mean, I ate a bowl of raisin bran in front of you, Vince, so I'm pretty sure that counts for something. <laughs> I think it was you, Vince. God, I hope it was. Like, <laughs> was that him, yeah. right? That yeah. was Vince, yeah, right? Was Vince. Okay. <laughs> okay, after 16% beer, it's hard to keep the names straight. <laughs> we, uh, we walked down for the Continental Breakfast. Rhett and I sit down. I've got, like, half a Costco muffin and some, like, lukewarm apple juice. And uh, and Rhett's sitting there and he's like choking down some grape nuts. And Vince walks around the corner and goes. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody's up till two o'clock in the morning. Yeah. yeah. And Vince goes, well, you guys are up early. And I'm like, no, no, no. We, we've been here for like two minutes or less. G.O.D. is the, quote, green field of donuts. OK. All right, fair enough. No, we talking donuts. So, I I gotta throw down Portland donuts now. Like Vince is his own. He's got his own group. He's not a part of. He's not a part of Craft Computing's group. That's fine. I, right. I would die without salt. So, right. Like, does that help? I, I have only like three times in my life gotten like fries from McDonald's and go, ooh, that's too salty. So not just not just a salty taste, but it's a strong part of it. Now, okay, no, this is the thing. Like, I have all these preconceived notions of Vegemite just from pop culture, from The Simpsons, from things like this, from the song, you know, about where with the flute and, it, and down is, under. Is this basically like a hunting tactic? Like it's a deer salt lick or some crap? Is it? Is wow. is that basically the same thing? But I'm curious, like Vegemite. Why is it just why is like it solidified Vegemite? Vegemite, I'm just going to Google it. I'm going to Google it. Yeah. I just need to know more about this. Uh, I, I hate to do this, but uh, Novella Hub was saying third beer for Jeff Wen, and he said that a little while ago. Okay. I, I can't picture. go the last 30 minutes dry. That's just weird. Thick, dark brown Australian I, I'd food I'd be letting spread. Mike and hundreds of others down if I if I didn't throw okay. it for my reputation. Jeff, Jeff, Jeff. It's a, it's a dark brown Australian food spread made from leftover brewer's yeast extracts. Well, hell yeah. With various vegetable and spice additives. Okay. 
first of all, I'm looking at the pictures. It looks hella good. Like, yeah. What's the deal? 82 Celica S- says it's a yeast bread condiment that lasts forever. Forever. Okay. So, so on toast, it looks delicious. In the jar, it almost looks like Nutella. Yeah. Like inside it, when you're looking down into it, yeah. the jar itself, you know how we got those like whole aisles of like nature's supplements, you know, it's like, right. Get your CoQ10 and your fish oil. Right. Whatever. It looks like that. But inside, when you're looking <laughs> in it, it looks. <laughs> When you're looking at this, is that where itself, you get Vegemite at the store? I've never. <laughs> I don't. I don't. Do they sell it in the United States? I have no idea. But that's why Krein is sending it to us, right? Yes, that is why he's sending it to us. You buy Vegemite. Do not in eat the it US. like Nutella, like Nutella. Only regret follows. I I would imagine so. Like I, I've watched enough Australian television and and, and known enough like Australian YouTubers and such like like I've, I've had beers with with a couple Australian YouTubers uh you know uh Brian Tech Yes City comes to mind um I understand Vegemite's like polarizing acquired taste lightly apply like like I get all of that so see and then somebody uh here uh Nicola Runev have you guys never seen Marmite adverts? And by the sheer word of adverts, you have to assume no, because we don't call them adverts here. <laughs> uh, uh, they're now, called integrations. Excuse me. <laughs> oh, sorry. That's the YouTube nomenclature. Uh, I looked I'm up. Go grab a third beer. So go for it. So guys, I did look up uh, whether or not you can buy Vegemite in the United States. Obviously, you can. Depends on the store. We have a market here where uh, Jeff and I live uh, called World Market, which is renowned for, well, you know, artsy fartsy stuff, but also like it's a nice place to buy international candy, international pop uh, or soda. (laughs) If you're from whatever place Jeff made up. Um, But apparently World Market also has Vegemite. So I'm not going to spoil it because Kren went out of his way to make sure that we had some. And I, 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 that's going to be my virgin tasting of it is Kren's Vegemite. You've earned it with all of your uh, super chats, Kren. So you're going to see my face. Do not eat it like Nutella. Only regret follows, he says. Uh, Harley McClure said, it's strong. Take it small doses. Okay, good to know. This is good. This is good information to have. It looks delicious. I'm looking at it on toast, and I'm just like, yeah, I got to spread this like some thick peanut butter or something like that. So uh, I'm excited to dig in. But afterwards, if I enjoy it, I'm going to I'm gonna have to pick up some at the world market. I'm actually, my mouth is watering thinking about it. So salty uh vegetal and uh apparently some sort of yeast spread and i i don't know how i never knew that so and they're getting it from brewers how did vegemite become the thing of australia i don't know maybe one of our australians can let us know because there's a lot that i need to know the same way that it's american as hot dogs and apple pie like when's the the rest of the world not like apple pie but when's the last time you made an apple pie well, okay, I've not made an app. I've never made a pie. Right. That's because I'm a, I, fall into the gender right, roles. Like, of, as American as baseball and apple pie. Like, yeah, America, you know, baseball is totally American. It's not that other countries don't do baseball. It's just that. Well, the only country, other country that does it is 
Well, it's Japan, really. Right. Uh, but when's the last time you went to a baseball game? I mean, I've seen some kids play baseball like within recent years. I've, I've never been to a major league game. Uh, I've been to quite a few minor league games, AAA clubs. I've been to a lot of college baseball. But I think the last baseball game I went to was probably like 2015, maybe 16. And what was that? What was it? Uh, I went to an Oregon college baseball playoff game, I think in 2016 at PK Park. Um, what the hell is PK Park? Phil Knight Park. It is the baseball stadium just adjacent to Autzen Stadium in Eugene. It's where Oregon plays basketball or plays baseball. Um, Autzen Stadium is where they play football. Right. I said adjacent to oh, PK Park. Okay. Um, I also saw uh, Oregon, Oregon State play baseball at the old. Uh, Gosh, I don't even know what they call it now, because when I went there, it was Jeldwin Field, but it's been... Uh, oh, yeah, it's been a while. Yeah, um, it, it's the, it's, it's where uh, the Timbers play. Uh, so... Yep. Providence. Providence Park. Thank you. Yeah, so I, I went there when it was Jeldwin Field. Uh, Which wasn't that long ago. No. I mean, <laughs> still like seven tan. or eight years. Uh ago because when i went portland timbers were not yet an mls club really right they, they were still a triple a club so it's been a while interesting okay by the way they joined mls and then won the title their first year which was freaking amazing dude you know what gives me major credit when i go abroad in by the, the world way, won the major league soccer title as the eight seed coming in, <laughs> like they made the playoff by a half a game or something like that. And I can barely, I, I can barely, I can barely uh, tell you uh, about football, but I've been to many Timbers games, football for our international audience, by the way. Uh, <clears throat> however, what gives me cred on all the dollars worth that I've more been than to, the Euro. It's, it's soccer now. For now. Uh <laughs> But you go abroad, Jeff, you go to Europe, and you want to have some serious cred, man. You talk about the Timbers, and you're there. You're one of them. It doesn't right. matter, man. Right. They're going to talk to you about American football. And and, and they uh, get it, too. Oh, yeah, dude. Yeah. And uh, especially when I was, in, uh, I was in Italy. I was in Rome, dude. And I went to this wine bar, and this dude's like, you know, with his limited English, we get to talking where we're from. And it was like, we had Pinot Noir, we had craft beer, and we had Timbers soccer, dude. That's all this guy needed to connect. It didn't even matter. Timbers army is strong, let me tell you. <laughs> <laughs> and he was telling me, like, he had been in Oregon, and he went to go see a Timbers game, and it was, like, the only thing that ever made him feel like he was at home. You know what's really funny <laughs> um, is, uh, I've, I've talked a number of times about, I used to listen to... Uh, sports talk radio on my commute. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I had of an hour plus commute one direction. And so it was, uh, uh, you know, morning, morning ESPN radio. And then on the way home, it was the local sports talk radio. And uh, there was a 
he wasn't the lead guy. So there was John Canzano, and then he had uh, a guy named John Strong as his his studio hand and, and kind of second guy that he would talk to. Um, John Strong was a huge soccer fan and, and was on uh, Canzano's show for a number of years, like five, six, seven years or something like that. And uh, he always wanted to do play-by-play for soccer. Like, he was always the soccer guy. If there was a soccer question that came up, John Strong would answer it. Um, and so he got a, he, John Strong got the opportunity to call a couple of Oregon games and things like that. And, uh, Oregon grad through and through Oregon born and raised. And, uh, he, when the Timbers went MLS, the Timbers asked him to be the, the broadcaster for the Portland Timbers. And so he took the job and, uh, and it's like, oh, that's really cool. I'm going to miss John Strong on the radio, but now I get to hear him if I watch a Timbers game on, on, you know, Fox sports or root sports or wherever it's at. Right. I tuned into the freaking World Cup and John Strong uh, is the American broadcaster for the World Cup. And it's like, holy crap, that's freaking uh, yeah. amazing. You're there? Yeah, dude, that's great. <laughs> I used to listen to that dude as the second dude on the radio. <laughs> <laughs> and he was born in the town that I grew up in. Like, just super cool. So it's always weird when you can catch like sort of weird international sports stuff in a way that resonates with you. Because like, you know, this might not be a surprise. Everybody's been watching me on this thing for five years now. It's like, I'm not a big sports guy. You know, I've mm-hmm. got my things. Like, obviously, like, I, I like Blazers basketball. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, for a while, like, baseball was kind of a, a cool thing. And I'll connect with Northwest baseball through the Seattle Mariners and mm-hmm. things like that. But it's not like my sport. But like there was a time when I first moved out on my own and I was living with my roommate and like we were up late last night, one night after drinking. And it was like the one thing that we could manage to get on our like pirated cable was rugby. (laughs) And we watched we watched the American rugby team duke it out with like the Russians and we, I don't know, we must have been watching reruns or something or like a recap <laughs> Sorry, or something like that. Sorry, did they like call that. this the miracle on the pitch? I, I, that's what I called it because it <laughs> changed my perception of the sport. You know what I'm saying? Like, I learned so much in just like one or two drunken nights of enjoying rugby, which was like a sport that I knew nothing about before this. Like, and after I was done, I knew like the top players' names. I knew all this sort of stuff. I knew where the Americans stood on the world field, you know, like... Yeah. And it's just like you naturally gravitate like, well, I don't know about the Russian team, but the Americans, we're here for it. You know, we believe these colors USA. don't run. USA. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah, you know, uh, and for a moment, I understood what it was like to watch the Super Bowl. So uh, right. even, it wasn't even close to the Super Bowl. But <laughs> yeah, uh, sports is what has always brought me and my friends together. You're, you're one of the few friends that I've I've connected with that it's been like oh no no tech and music like yeah but for for most of my friend groups it it's usually been sports and uh uh i i have a group (laughs) of friends uh that i hold very near and dear um that uh when damian lillard hit the shot to beat the rockets um Right. When Dame hit the point eight uh, to beat the Rockets, uh, 
and and advance to the second round. Oh yeah, and, and this wasn't even the the it's a bad shot. This is eight years predating that. This is like we finally made it to the second round for the first time in fourteen years. It was incredible. Um, so one of my friends, uh, or no, sorry, uh, all three of us were texting. Uh, so my friend got to go to a game earlier in Blazers history, playoff history, but whatever. All three of us were texting throughout that game. All three of us had had kids within the last year. All three of us at 9.30 at night woke our kids up yelling in the living room, independently of one another. <laughs> and, and it's like this apart yet still together because he hit that shot and I jumped up and... Like, oh, dude. I, I Everybody screamed. did. And, Everybody did. And all of a sudden I hear my I, I hear Miss crying upstairs. And it's like, oh crap, I woke up the kid. And but I'm still texting with my friends and look, oh my god. And they're like, holy crap, I just woke up my kid because I'm yelling so much. And and my other friend goes, Me too. And I'm like, Yeah, I'm in that boat too. <laughs> I didn't have kids then, but I did watch that game. Man. <laughs> Who did like, dude, you're a Blazers fan? Like yeah. it doesn't get better than that. Um, you know? One of those friends uh, was also at the the Blazers Dallas Mavericks playoff game, where Brandon Roy single handedly came back from twenty three down. Is that the, the game fourth. where he st- he scored fifty points in one half or whatever? No, like... he didn't score fifty. Uh, he was basically on his last legs uh where he had he he was having so many knee problems he was out half the series he came back in game three and or game game two he came back in game two got got like 15 minutes of action or something like that and then it came back to to portland uh and and we had game three and i think we lost game three but we won game two and then it was game four and it's literally like win this game or die and uh uh, and Brandon Roy, Andre Miller, Nicholas Patum, uh, oh, you know, like, like oh, back in the day, the old guard, <laughs> right? Um, and uh, and Portland's down, I think, twenty-one going into the fourth, and then Dallas started off the scoring with a two-pointer to begin the fourth. So we went down twenty-three points with like eleven and a half minutes left. Um, Brandon Roy scored 19 in the quarter and literally single-handedly put like all five of the Dallas players, including Dirk Nowitzki and, uh, oh gosh, uh, ah, bald point guard. Don't look at me, bro. I know. Son of a Blazers fan. I know. Uh, gosh, it's going to drive me out. He's a head coach now for crying out loud. That's how long ago this was. Um, <laughs> but anyway, came Came back from 23 down, uh, tied the game on a three and one, uh, where he got <laughs> from like four feet beyond the arc <laughs> and then tied the game with a free throw. And, oh, uh, amazing. Oh my God. No, it wasn't Chauncey. Chauncey B- no, uh, no, no, no. That's no, because Chauncey's coach. that's the Blazers. Um, yeah. Uh, gosh. I know we shouldn't be doing this, but I'm I'm going to like, um, you're not talking about Jason Kidd. Jason Kidd. 
Oh, yeah, Jason Kidd okay. was in that game. What's funny? I was gonna say Kidd, but that didn't feel right because I didn't think he was bald. But yeah, too many bald point guards. No, I know. No, <laughs> I should have said short, white, stocky point guard. And <laughs> yeah, if you would have said white guy, I could have got there maybe. But <laughs> well, if I said white point guard, you would have gone Steve Nash. So <laughs> there's not many of them. Okay. <laughs> No, no, it wasn't Chauncey Billups. Uh, I did see Chauncey Billups play one time at the Rose Garden uh, with uh, Denver and, uh, uh, gosh, what's his name? Oh, God, it's going to uh Carmelo Anthony. Carmelo Anthony and, and him oh, yeah. came to town and uh, played Brandon Roy and LaMarcus Aldridge and... Uh, Gosh, I'm trying to think where our point guard was at that point. It it was probably one of the four stints of uh, the point guard that would never leave. Uh, I'm trying to remember his name. Um, but yeah, anyway, most of my friendships evolved over sports and love of sports. And that same group of friends, I would wake up at five in the morning and go play basketball before work with. And back when I was in shape and could like almost dunk a ball and and he and wouldn't injure his decent elbow pull up yeah he wouldn't injure his soft cartilage with a little baby kicking him right. or jumping on him or whoa, whatever whoa, don't blame my drinking on my child okay look i am <laughs> i know what it's like to be a dad jeff no. <laughs> oh, oh man we didn't get let, through let, let me know what it's like to be a dad when you get to zone defense no, not gonna. No, we're not gonna have that conversation. <laughs> when the players outnumber the defenders, I'm just we're not gonna be having that conversation, right, my man. <laughs> I was totally fine with man to man. Man, zone is a whole other game. You're on your own. Okay, have fun. It, you get... It's not about stopping every first down, it's simply about not getting beat over the top. <laughs> they can say well they didn't give the game up that's for sure don't give up the home run ball <laughs> you're gonna give up a lot of yards like it, it's gonna happen it, it, uh, yeah to the Brett Favre but... will thrive against my defense <laughs> I love that it's eight o'clock we got through what two three stories two at story. most we got through two stories uh, is this a record for talking heads no <laughs> we've done one show where i read the first story and then i went that's it i'm done um well we've done shows too that's right i'm thinking now we've done shows where we got together and it's like we don't even have news right. so yeah it's like i'm not even gonna bother this week um yeah and there wasn't a lot to talk about this week a lot of the stories were like do we want to talk about this and eh. like yeah Sapphire it's launched it's officially official and you can buy it now and it's like yeah, but we knew everything there is to know about Sapphire Rapids other than yeah. independent testing six weeks ago. And no independent testing has been done to the point of like, I can point to this article and go, that guy's got the right story. Uh, like the data is not there yet because testing enterprise hardware is so much more difficult than consumer hardware. And you expect so much more out of it. Um, so yeah, uh, I will say a... 3D effects Voodoo 5. A Voodoo yeah, 5 kind 6000 sold on eBay this week. I remember seeing 15,000. I, I remember seeing this card. 
I remember knowing of its existence. I remember I never personally owned a 3D FX card. Um, back in those days, you you would get like at least when the PCs that I was building. Uh, you'd get some ATI 3D Rage cards, you know, some early 2 megabyte 1996-based cards. Um, uh, NVIDIA wasn't really clicking yet. Like, they had the NV1, but it was super expensive and was totally not the best bang for the buck. Uh, but then you had 3DFX, and 3DFX was, was throwing down. But 3DFX cards were still, like, $250, Uh and for building your own system, even upgrading old systems, that was a lot of money back in those days. Um, I remember when the Voodoo 2 and the Voodoo 3 both came out. Like, they were amazing cards. And I remember reading about the Voodoo 5, specifically the Voodoo 5 6000, which is why SLI is a thing. Uh, so SLI is basically sharing multiple GPU cores and processing the same image or processing the same rasterization pipeline and then ending up with a single image at the end of the pipeline. Um, NVIDIA, which purchased 3DFX and then started using SLI technology in their own graphics cards, uh, usually stuck with two-way, sometimes three-way, and in very niche cases like the GTX 690 would enable four-way support. Uh, but it was up to developers to uh, basically encode their own four-way or three-way or even two-way SLI support for their specific applications. It wasn't a generic policy that you could just run. Um, well, here's the deal. This card from, I believe this was 2000, maybe 2001. Um, it was around the advent of AGP or a couple of years into the advent of AGP. Um... 3DFX came out with the Voodoo 5 6000. This is what it looked like. <laughs> you might notice there are four heat sinks on this card. That's because there are four discrete GPU Voodoo 5s on this card. Uh, each with their own independent two dims of memory. Woo! Um, <laughs> so... Uh, this card is one of the few functional prototypes of the Voodoo 5 6000. It was sold uh, uh, on eBay for $15,000 this week. Uh, and holy crap, if there's ever a video card that I ever wanted in my collection. Like, I've got some, I've got some good ones. Like, I'm still looking for an Asus Mars. Well, why is, didn't you even bid, Jeff? Uh, because the bidding went to $12,000 <laughs> in the first 24 hours. Uh, and and I knew better than to stay out of that. Uh, um, what, you tell me you couldn't afford it? I'm just saying I paid you a lot of money last year. <laughs> That's true. Guys, you heard it here first. If I didn't work for Coffee Competing, he might have been able to get this card. Yeah. Which just means that we need more super chats. <laughs> we need more super chats. We need more patrons. Like yeah. <laughs> Um So Yeah, it, it it is a super interesting piece of historical significance. So uh the specs for the card 
there are four Napalm 30 VSA 100 chips clocked at 166 megahertz each. Uh, each chip features two pixel shaders and no vertex shaders, as those weren't around in 2000. Um, and uh, there are also two texturing units and two render outputs per chip. And the card used SLI or scanline interleaving. So basically, every other line of a rasterization was rendered by each each discrete GPU and then combined on screen. Total of 30 meg 32 megabytes uh, per chip uh, for a total of 128. But of course, each GPU has to basically clone all the memory. You don't get a share 128 gigs of RAM as a single pool. You divide it up equally between all four pools. Each chip had 32 megabytes of dedicated memory to itself. Um, but uh, holy crap, what a card. Uh, like I said, I never really got to experience 3D effects. I didn't have the money for a 3D effects card when I was building PCs back in 1997, 98, 99. Um, I, I had some AT, ATI 3D Rage. I had some GeForce 2 cards uh, and, and things like that, but I never... I never got a voodoo and and then I was in high school and I was freaking poor and parents went through a divorce and, and everything else. So it's like, yeah, we don't have $300 to, to upgrade this PC. We're just going to buy a pre-built and oh, look, it came with an eight megabyte 3D three or ATI 3D Rage XL. It's like, oh yeah, that's what I was wanting to play Half-Life. Thanks, mom. Uh, <laughs> um, so... I always... My first graphics card came well after. Right. Um, I got the G4, the GeForce 3. Yeah. So, yeah. I, which I th think came out in 2001, but I, I, I didn't I had, get it until like 2004. Right. I had a number of games that were 3DFX accelerated uh, that I had to run in DirectX mode, uh, and it didn't have nearly as many you know, fine details and, and pretty features and all that kind of stuff. It, it didn't have all the bells and whistles that the 3DFX cards did. It didn't have real-time shadows. It didn't have uh, volumetric lighting. It didn't have all these other things that were integrated into 3DFX all the way back in 2000. Um, so, yeah, 3DFX wasn't around long, but they were the industry leader for like five or six years. Uh until they were bought up by NVIDIA in, what was that, 2004, 2003, something like that. Um, and kind of the rest is history as far as NVIDIA and ATI are concerned, because they they had both kind of taken the reins at that point. Um, but yeah, interesting card. Interesting card. Four-way SLI on a single AGP card. Well, and if uh, Super Chatter Joe T had come in with hmm. his $2 a little bit earlier. No, I'm just kidding, Joe. But his $2, he says, two bucks for the Voodoo Fund. So next time a card like this goes to auction, um, we are a little bit closer to the mark. Uh, hopefully we'll be able to competitively bid this time, get past the $12,000 mark. Um, Thank you for paying for 0.075% of the Voodoo purchase. Uh, I will certainly put that in the bank towards that goal. <laughs> Did you just do that math out of your head? That's not right. That ain't correct. Okay, I didn't mean to call you out for it, but... 
it was a good that it was it was good enough i was like hey man how did you do this but hey thank you joe i appreciate it joe you're the man you now, are dog the yeah the gl uh open gl from 3dfx was amazing yeah i um i remember literally downloading avi files of tech demos ran on 3dfx like the uh the old quake OpenGL demo uh i i didn't get to render that on my own machine i had to download a video to see what that looked like <laughs> dude john j and it was saying... so thoroughly compressed and horrible but still <laughs> light years better than what my 3d rage was doing at the time John Jay is saying that uh, that's his first super chat, and I guess that's what the balloons mm -hmm. and the giant number one means. So thank you, Joe T. Number two, uh, number two, two dollars for your number one super chat. Thank you, man. Like that's legit. Thank you. <laughs> Glad to be. Oh, plus it says it right there. Yeah. Celebrate the first super chat. <sighs> it's literally right below the super chat. Thank you, Joe. <laughs> we appreciate you. You think I'd work? I work in this field, and I would know. But you learn something new every day. This is my first first super chat as well, Joe. Wow. Wow. <laughs> Breaking new ground here on Talking Heads. I haven't seen it, so <laughs> there you go. Must be a new feature, I brand like new. You've been there before, Rhett. When within twenty four hours, brand new feature from YouTube. Ah. <laughs> uh... Anyway, we had a couple more stories. None of them great. Like I said, Sapphire Rapids officially hit retail this week, but we already knew pretty much everything there is to know about Sapphire Rapids. Up to 56 cores, unlocked for workstations. Uh, fantastic stuff. Um, yeah, we did have a little bit of Microsoft acquisition of Activision and Blizzard news. I think we can cover that in like 30 seconds. Uh, Microsoft and Nintendo, as well as Microsoft and Sony, have entered agreements that Microsoft and, by extension, uh, I believe Sony's agreement with was with Bethesda, and Nintendo's agreement was with Activision to bring Call of Duty and Elder Scrolls, Starbound, or Starfield, etc., basically games from those publishers uh, to the third-party platforms, respectively, uh, for Nintendo to not protest the acquisition of Activision uh, and Sony on the same regard. Uh, so Microsoft and Nintendo have negotiated and signed a binding 10-year legal agreement to bring Call of Duty to Nintendo on whatever platform Nintendo decides to bring out. The same day as Xbox with full feature and content parity. If only they could have done that with GoldenEye. <laughs> Nintendo. Uh, so they experience Call of Duty just as Xbox and PlayStation gamers enjoy Call of Duty. We're committed to providing long-term equal access to Call of Duty, not GoldenEye, and to other gaming platforms, <laughs> bringing more choice, except online multiplayer to more players and more competition except microsoft to the gaming market end quote nintendo addendums well, jeff craft computing <laughs> he's really bitter about this 
I'm not bitter. I just see through the BS. This was, hey, we'll let you buy them, but give us at least a decade to come up with our own hit franchise, okay? <laughs> well, there you go. Mm-hmm. I hate to say it, guys, but I did not finish the beer. Mm. And, uh... Disappointed! I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to dump the rest down the drain. I probably I better than, you drink Rainier I, for God's sakes. You can polish off the last ounce and a half. Rainier isn't offensive. Now I probably did drink a pint. I probably drank sixteen ounces. That's true. The bottle was sixteen point nine ounces. You so... owe me at least one more swig. You, you got to get to an even sixteen. There you go. Thank you. Thank you. That's all I can do. I, I will call it here. This is when it's warmed up. It's not good. Yeah, I can't imagine it would be. It's. Very not. I'm it's suboptimal. It was as drinkable as it was. Look, when you're me, your palate opens up a lot. <laughs> I don't turn my nose up at food. Rarely do I turn it up at alcohol. And uh, this is true. This is true. And I like to try everything at least once. And I tried this. And if it's ice cold, I would drink it again. Yep. After it warms up, no. Yeah. No, I no. I can respect that. Like there there are some beers that I have to have cold. I I, I get it. So warm rain air is better than warm this. <laughs> <laughs> Like I, I really like the the rogue cold brew IPAs. That they have the cold brew and the cold brew two point Those are only good. Yeah. Thirty six and under. Like yeah, yeah. Once it warms up, the hops and the coffee beans don't quite. They don't blend. Right, but when you kill the taste buds enough, you got something working. <laughs> anyway. This has been episode 273 here on Talking Heads. Join us every Wednesday night at 6 p.m. Pacific time for the latest in beer and tech news. Follow me on Mastodon. Follow Rhett on Mastodon. Links are both down in the video description. And if you like the content you see on this channel and want to help support us in what we do and want to help keep the lights on around here, consider joining the Patreon. Link is also down in the video description. As a bonus, you'll get exclusive access to my Discord server, where you can chat with myself as well as the other hosts from Talking Heads. Uh, Rhett, any good of the order before we close? No good of the order whatsoever, uh, except, hey, uh, keep your eye out for the next Craft Competing video, and uh, we'll be back here next week. Same bat time, same bat channel. <laughs> Thank you for beating me to uh, the old uh, Adam West reference. I very much appreciate it. What can I say? I'm a huge Adam West fan. He's my number one. I idolize him. I want to be him, and uh, I likely am him. Say, I, I love Adam West. I always pictured myself more as like Casey Kasem. So, no. Yeah. Well, okay. I'll be Adam West. Yeah. You, you can go be ahead Adam and be. Ca <laughs> I, I, I still get to be Casey Kasem. Like it's not true. That's cool. Really Why not? Yeah. Deal. No, that's so, true. There you go. All right. Okay. Well, hey. Well, maybe we'll see you all in the after party, and uh, until next time. See you then. Cheers, everyone.